Hey, we're Todd and Kristen. Join us as we learn to become fearless in love. Welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast. We're so glad that you have joined us again or for the first time. Uh, it's a good week. It's birthday week. Kristen's birthday oh, week. Yes, it was a very good week. I love my birthday week. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. Well, I'm glad you were born. Oh, thanks, honey. I'm yeah. glad I was born too. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday. Very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Our youngest son said, I don't know anybody who likes their birthday more than mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's a fun, it's a fun week. And I love this time of year. So yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to love your birthday. That's I guess awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, last week, Kristen had encouraged me, as I said, to, to be more vulnerable, to share deeper, uh, some of the, the process that God had brought me through. And, uh, so I did that. And we were thinking, as we were thinking about the the uh, podcast for this week, we were thinking, you know, there were some things that uh, we talked about last week uh, around, like we talked about the new man versus the old man, and uh, how you know some some of you may not understand what that even means, and and maybe been thinking, I don't I don't understand what that even means, and so we thought we'd take this week and spend a little time. Uh, diving in to that. And, you know, I think so often when we have things happen to us or we've done things that we regret, we can have this feeling of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can kind of replay those things over and over and over again in our minds. And, and it feels hopeless. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth is, if we have a relationship with Jesus, that that voice that we're hearing of hopelessness is not his voice. And, you know, as we've talked about several times uh, in Genesis 3, after the Adam and Eve had sinned, uh, God came to them and uh, he said, you know, where are you? And then he said, who told you that when they, when they said you know, they were naked and, and they hid. And so we, that's something that we just want to continually come back to the idea of whose voice are you listening to? Right. You know, who told you that? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, in this area in particular, mm-hmm. the other voices that we hear, the those things can really make us feel hopeless. And so we wanted to, to go into that today and expand on that and uh, really help just maybe paint a picture of why that doesn't have to be the case. And so, you know, Kristen, I know that this is something that, that you really speak a lot about and how it's, how you just feel so passionate around this area of, of hope and understanding who we are in Christ, understanding our identity, you know, understanding that the things in our past shouldn't keep us from living life to the full. Mm Yeah. I just, I think about, you know. God sent his beloved son, his one and only son who he loved so much. <laughs> and he sent him for us. He sent him, you know, to die on the cross so that we could 
live so that we could have life so we could be made new and if he did that for us you know does he still after we've received him as our lord and savior does he want us to still walk around in this oh but i did this oh i don't have but i'm a sinner oh i you know just this defeated mentality I mean, is that why he died on the cross for right. us? You know, he died on the cross for us to bring us life so that we can reflect who he is. He, we are, we were created as his image bearers to show who he is to this world. And if we're walking around defeated, we can't show who he is to this world. And so I'm just so, I just want people to understand, like he died for us so that we could live abundant life to show who he is, to display who he, the power he has. And so we need to be able to understand and experience this God who loves us that passionately that he would give his very son for, for us. And Jesus would be willing for the joy set before him to endure the cross which was the most excruciating death anyone has ever experienced. And he did it because he, he was willing because he loves us that much. And the Bible truly is a love story. It's God's passionate pursuit of those he created because he so desperately wants intimate relationship with him. He wants us to be able to display who he is to this world. He wants us to be able to experience him for eternity forever. And, and we as Christians so often walk around defeated and it's just, it's, it's, it's just not God's plan. And so I hope and pray that people after listening today, you know, it will be maybe a step in the direction of understanding how passionately God loves each one of us. God loves you, the listener. God loves me. God loves my husband so passionately and he came to bring us this life abundant. So, um, and just thinking that, you know, we put God in this little, this little box and we think, okay, I'll pray to him and ask him for the things that I, I desire for my life. Or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best for him because he died for me. And so I want to live a life that, that he's pleased with. And instead of walking into this intimate relationship with him pouring our hearts out to him like they like David did in the Psalms like we talked about last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago and just having this intimacy with him where he meets us in in the places where we struggle and the places where where we feel broken and shame and all of those things he meets us in those places so that he can heal us and give us so much more life and he's just passionately pursuing us so he can know us intimately and it's just a very different thing from from the box we put him in. And so, yeah, my prayer is that people will begin. And I know I'm learning more and more. I mean, even in this last week, I feel like I had an intimate experience with him, just pouring my heart out to him, no filter, just, you know, crying my heart out to him, literally, and just letting him meet me in that place. And it was the most healing thing for, like, the depths of my soul. And so I just want people to be able to experience that more and more and experience him instead of just knowing about him. So anyway, that's, yeah. just, that's just a little tidbit of my passion for people to live abundant life. Yes. See, I told you, I told you she had a passion for that. <laughs> I think she could go on for a lot longer. So, yes. but we will, we'll kind of go, go yes. forward from okay. that now, just in terms of, uh, you know, 
it, if you think about what Kristen was just saying, and then you you think about the the story of the Bible, and you think about how uh, when, as as I mentioned a little bit ago, how uh, God had come to to Adam and Eve after they sinned, and uh, He asked them, you know, "Who told you that?" And then uh, He clothed them, and then but He did. You know, there were consequences to that. He did send them out of the garden. There was separation between Him and them, and the reason for that was the sin, and He could not be present with that sin. Mm-hmm. And so um, He didn't stop, uh, you know, continuing to pursue His people, uh, and. But but it was a it was a very different relationship from that point forward, until he sent Jesus, as Kristen said, and when he when Jesus came, when he lived his life on earth, sinless life, when he died on the cross, when he took on our sins, the Bible tells us in Galatians two twenty that we were also crucified with Christ. It is no longer. I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there was a, a, a literal process that took place there when Jesus died on the cross where our, we were crucified with him. Our old self, our old man, our old woman was crucified with him at that moment and then when we entered into relationship with him and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then there's, there is a new, we become a new creation as we, as yeah. And so that, that's an actual thing that takes place. Yes. And, and we, I think that is a, it can be so theoretical, so mm-hmm. difficult, such a difficult concept to grasp, mm-hmm. but it is the reality. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, like the who told you that is that battle for your understanding of the yes. reality. I mean, that's as yes. simple as I can put it. It truly yes. is. And that's going on moment by moment by moment throughout every single day in our lives. And we have a reality and that is that we are a new creation mm-hmm. that the old is gone. The new has mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. That's our reality. Mm-hmm. And we can live in that because it's the reality mm-hmm. or we can live something less than that because we just don't yet believe mm-hmm. that that's our reality. Right. And I think, you know, the, that process that was referred to as sanctification, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've, the more I've processed that and thought about that, the more I think, you know, that's that, what, what we have often thought of as, you know, this sanctification, I'm just working harder to get closer to God and become more like Jesus. You know, that's how often we hear sanctification described. I think really what sanctification is, is that process of our minds being renewed for us to understand more and more daily who we really are. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a mm-hmm. process of the refining of our beliefs. Mm-hmm. The reality never changed from the moment we received Christ. Mm-hmm. We were made holy. Right, we because- were seen by God in a different light. Because we were made holy, we were made new because the Holy Spirit indwelled us. Yes. We have, we now walk with the very presence of God in us. So we cannot be the same. We are a new person. And so truly believing that Mm -hmm. and embracing that and 
pondering that and just being in that understanding. Jesus lives in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. That's what empowers us. It's not us doing it, trying to do it, something. It is letting him fully live in us and just being in him and him in us. And yeah, yeah. and and yeah, that's is a truly paradigm shifting thing mm-hmm. when we can we keep, when we can grasp that. Yes. And yes. so we were thinking about how an interaction with Jesus, mm-hmm. even in our most, uh, you know, those places where we feel the most shame, where we're, uh, whether it's sexual shame or whether it's some other kind of shame that we're holding on to, uh, when, when we are touched by Jesus in that, there's something that, that happens. Yes. And so a great example of that is in uh, John 8, 1 through 11, which is a story that um, many of you probably have heard before. It's the story of the woman who's caught in adultery. But I want you to think about this story now from the lens of what we've talked about and how that, uh, you know, that, that encounter with Jesus uh, is something that can be transformative in the way we view our shame or sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to start. So John eight, and I'm going to start in verse two, um, early in the morning, he, Jesus came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But then they heard it, but excuse me, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question, all of you who are listening. I'm going to ask you a question. As you, as you listen to that story, what is the, the first thing that, that's coming to your mind? What's the first thought as you listen to that? What's the first thought that's coming to your mind? You know, are you focusing on the compassion of Jesus? Are you focusing on how the woman was forgiven? Are you focusing on how uh, the the Pharisees felt, you know, as uh, they were kind of confronted with their own sin? Uh, or are you focused on the last statement that Jesus said, which is, you know, go and sin no more? Like, which which of those things are you focused on right now? Just just think about it for a second. 
So Chris, I'll ask you, which, which, what, what in that story are you focused on? I am focused on how Jesus truly stood with this woman. He was for her. He was looking past her sin, and he was meeting her where she was at, and just with this grace and this compassion and this love. (laughs) It's incredible. And truly standing up for this, you know, I'm quoting this sinner. Well, she was. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was sinning. Right. She was, and yet he was for her, and he believed in her, and he saw her. He saw her mm-hmm. and loved her in that place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. Yeah, it is so beautiful. But I, I really think mm-hmm. that whatever you were thinking about, that process that went through your mind as you were thinking about that story, it reveals a lot yeah. as to where, like, where, um, you know, you're, you are in kind of the understanding of the things that we're talking about now. Yeah. And yeah, previously, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure what I've, you know, I've, that probably isn't what I would have looked at, mm-hmm. but now had having come into a more and more intimate relationship with Jesus, experienced him more and more in these, in these places of our shame of the, you know, the things we've struggled with as we've shared now it's like, wow, I've experienced this for myself so I can see this is who he is. This is who he is. And this displays it so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, for a long time, I think where I probably would have been mm-hmm. uh, in that was the last statement. Yeah. Just the, yeah, yeah, now go and send no more. Yeah, that was right. a neat story that took place. And mm-hmm. it's cool how he, you know, um, did that and, mm-hmm. and displayed that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think my focus was probably on that last statement, go and send no more. And feeling like, you know, that's, yeah, he he did that for her. But he wanted to make sure that she realized he did that for her and didn't want her doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I did this this time, but you know, right. now right. you need to clean up your act and you need to mm-hmm. to go forward from here and just don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I mean, truly, that's that's how I recognized and saw that story mm-hmm. for a long time. And I think it's a very interesting thing that when when I step back now and look at that story in the context of the story. And we'll talk about it in a second, the next, even the next thing that Jesus mm-hmm. talks about after that, I realize that, you know, my perception of what I think that looked like was probably very wrong. I mean, obviously I wasn't there. I don't know for sure how it went, but when you, when you truly look at it in the context of everything that was happening there, I, I don't see now where that was probably a statement from Jesus. Like this was that rebuke and okay, I saved you this time. Now don't do it again. Cause you know, you might not get a second chance. And um, that was not what the context was. And I think what the context probably was, was him l- looking at her with tremendous compassion. You know, he had just displayed that so beautifully to her and what he was, I think that was an empowerment statement. Mm-hmm. It was not a condemnation statement or a rebuke. It was an empowerment statement. He was saying to her, now go and sin no more because you've had an encounter with me and your world just changed and you have a power that you didn't have before. And so it was for her to begin to see herself in a new light and not see herself as someone who is just a slave to sin or a 
uh, a victim of her past uh, actions. And so I think it was truly an, a statement that was meant to be a statement of empowerment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and yeah. And then it's, it's kind of interesting as well because the, I, having listened, having read and thought about that story many times, uh, I, I never really put it together with the next thing that Jesus says. Um, so remember, as Kristen said, uh, he came, he was teaching to the crowds and the Pharisees come and they bring this woman and, and they, you know, all of the things that, that happened that Kristen just described, that those all happened. And then the next thing it says is, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So he's saying, if you walk with me, you don't have to walk in darkness. Again, that goes so much along with the empowerment statement that I mentioned. So that's what he does. He turns back to the, to the crowd. He teaches them again. And he's just saying, now, it is interesting because I, I I don't I can't quite reconcile because he said that everybody left. I think it was just those who came um, with the woman that they left because it said he had been he was teaching the crowd. They came, so I'm envisioning that crowd was still there, and so he had he had shared that uh, he heard, or all of that had happened, and then uh, this crowd had witnessed it. They had, they saw all of that take place, and I'm sure they were just in total shock because they knew the law. They knew that if a woman committed adultery and you know, she was to be stoned and this teacher Mm. does this, these Mm. religious leaders, these, Mm. these Pharisees who wouldn't, you know, they don't admit to anything that they're doing wrong or that, you know, they're so righteous and they're trying so hard to follow every performance, performance. every rule. Uh, They all, when they were confronted with whatever Jesus, you know, sat down and wrote on the ground or, or just the whole situation, they were confronted with a realization that, wow, he's, he's right. I'm casting this stone, but I have my own sin. And, and that caused them to just to, to walk away mm-hmm. and to think about that in that context of that story, them walking away from this crowd who were seeing them as these righteous religious leaders <laughs> And Jesus confronts them with that. If you haven't, if you haven't sinned, you know, you can cast the first one. They all walk away mm-hmm. and he turns back to the crowd and he just, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Yeah. So all of that was for that woman. Yes. But it was also for that crowd to witness it, you know, it was also for those Pharisees to come to grips mm-hmm. with their own sin. And all of that happens. And he's just saying to that crowd, you know, you don't have to walk in darkness mm-hmm. anymore. If you're with me, he's right. saying you're a new creation. I mean that if you're with me, you, you do not have to walk in darkness. Right. Yeah. It made me think of um, John fifteen five. Jesus saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I just think about, you know, following him, experiencing him, 
being in his presence, abiding in him, getting our nourishment from him. And that is, we're filled up with life, light, and our life bears fruit. And if our life is bearing fruit, it's not, I mean, it's not sin that's coming out, it's fruit that's coming out. Are we saying that, oh, you know, then we're perfect and we never sin? Of course not. But we're saying Jesus meets us in that place and he empowers us and he gives us the freedom to walk in him in the newness of life and life abundant and and fruit bearing life. And in our sexual lives and in every other part of our lives, it's just so exciting there's so much, there is so much hope in abiding in him and walking in him and in that, in his light. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think the last, last week I had shared a, uh, a, what a download, you know, really that I had had from the Lord before we did our first resurrecting sexuality conference where I felt like, you know, he said, this is what I want you to tell these mm-hmm. people that are, that are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it ended in kind of a surprising way for me, but by saying, you know, that's, that's your story mm-hmm. and, you know, it is meant to bring me glory. Yeah. And so I, as we kind of wrap things up today, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this woman mm-hmm. committed adultery, mm-hmm. brought to Jesus to be condemned. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, frees her from that. And then she goes away. All these people have witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Her in, in, in God's crazy design, his crazy, you know, way he wants us to, to see him. He actually used that act of adultery yeah. to be able to put her in a position where her story is still bringing him glory. Yeah. You know, we're talking yes. about it. It's in the, everybody's talk, been talking about it for years. There's yes. been yes. countless sermons. There's been count, you know, where her story brought him glory. Wow. And, Amen. and is still bringing him glory. Wow. And so that's what he wants. He wants us to yep. see the glory yep. of his entering into our yes. story and the life and the freedom and the power that comes from that. Yes. What the enemy means for evil, God brings good from. And it is it is so good. It's so powerful. It is transforming. And it is the hope that we can grab a hold of in this world and give to other people. Because he wants us to show who he is because we're his image bearers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's super powerful. It's so and good. So it really is. And, <laughs> I love it. And so we will, we will continue this conversation. We're glad that you have joined us again and, uh, you know, please feel free to contact us at fearless and love podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any, anything you want us to, to, to know uh, any part of your story, or, uh, if you have ideas for future episodes and you know, we'd love to just be able to hear from you, we look forward to seeing you again next week, or at least talking to you again next week. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So until next time. Together, let's learn to love fearlessly.